0: Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman, and I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, hey Kelly. Elizabeth. Hey, are you having a good day? I am. It is sunny here, which is nice. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I love days that are sunny, even if they're cold.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. But I, I feel like I've just been kind of cooped up today with a lot of, a lot of Zoom meetings today.
0: Yes, yes. Well, we're right. super excited today to be with our friend Kay Herda. If you okay. have come to our... <laughs> yeah, if you've come to our live events, th- there's a chance you know who Kay is because she's at a lot of our live events, and we love her so much. Um, Kay, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry to yeah, women. Yeah, hey
2: everybody, Elizabeth and Kelly, and uh, everyone listening. It's so uh, you mentioned the sunshine. We live in in Florida now, in Bradenton, Florida, and so well, don't hate me, uh. but <laughs> it's pretty darn nice. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it is (laughs) right now. So anyway, we're we're blessed to be here. Um, Yeah, so I um, uh, I was born in Michigan and um, My husband and I've been married for 34 years. We have two kiddos a couple of girls Uh, actually through the miracle of adoption uh, Madison is 20 and Cammie is 18 and uh, Yeah, so my um, ministry to women, I was, I think about that. It's just, it's so varied. As I ministered to young women many years ago as the uh, Associate Dean of Women at Liberty University, and that was a, that was a wonderful experience. And then counseling female students at a private college in Arlington, Texas, when my husband was in seminary. And, uh, and then on various women's ministry leadership teams, uh, teaching and leading worship and as a ministry, women's ministry director myself for a few years, and of course as a trainer for your U you Lead training events, and yeah. a crisis counselor for Lifeway Women Live events, which I love, and and most currently as a groups coordinator for women uh, here at our church in Florida Bayside Community Church, so.
0: Uh, well, you have definitely been involved in many aspects of women's it's ministry, true. so that's one of the reasons we're excited to have um, you here. Because we know lots of people, lots of our listeners are also in women's ministry in some yes, capacity. Yes. So, well, it's my first.
1: yeah, absolutely. And and you and you got to like you said you kind of have led the encouragement kind of ministry at a lot of our events. Talk a little bit about what that experience has been like for you oh, over the Kelly, years. Oh,
2: it's been um, it has been honestly one of my greatest privileges in ministry. Gosh, I think this is my fifteenth year with Lifeway. Um, I started in two thousand six leading worship for a ministry wives event, uh, and then uh, Betsy Lang made. Uh, invited me, yeah, to provide, just to write some counsel and some uh, training uh, at the invitation times at some of your larger events, uh, Lifeway, and then, of Mm -hmm. course, back in the day, Deeper Still, or Living Proof Live, and then back in the day, Deeper Still. So I guess it stuck. I mean, here we are 15 years later. And (laughs) um, honestly, just just to meet um, women across the United States who uh, love other women who, who are willing to stand in a space that I call a sacred space, you know, where they're willing to hear another woman's pain and difficulty and then uh, just take that concern to the Father. And it has been just watching the Holy Spirit um, minister to them and through them, Uh, Has been an enormous blessing to me.
1: Yeah, you really like. You don't just come and meet with women, but you come and you 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 train Mm -hmm. leaders to to equip you equip other people to be encouragers too. Which I think that's such a a really unique thing that Lifeway has done. So you know, women get to be a part of this and they get to see what happens too. Um, I think that's such a cool thing. Absolutely,
0: absolutely, yeah. And as we encourage women to share their stories, sometimes even the painful ones, um, what advice would you give to those leaders? And I'm counting everybody uh-huh. as a leader at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who receive that kind mm-hmm. of information from either a friend or like someone at their church. Or honestly, like I've experienced this where near strangers have told me, you know, just depending on the circumstances, have told me very painful experiences mm-hmm. in their lives. And so how would you um, suggest or what are some guidance and some encouragements for, um, women if they hear news like that or if they hear stories like that?
2: good question. And Elizabeth, that says a lot about who you are, by the way, that strangers (laughs) would come up to you and share their pain, their stories with you. So well done, sister. Um, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I consider, um, I consider the carrying of someone's pain, to be a sacred and holy trust. And so if someone trusts you with their pain, with their story, uh, always enter that space with prayer and humility. I would say whatever you hear of their story, keep it a confidence. Keep it absolutely confidential. It's not, it's not your story to tell. It's not your story to share in prayer circle, you know, the next night or whatever. Um, it, it, just keep it confidential. And, and honestly, don't move on until they do. So if someone's telling you something mm-hmm. painful, um, I, you're, you're being gifted the privilege to hold it and to carry it with them and to come alongside and, and to provide comfort for them and not, not hear it and say, hey, thanks for sharing, have a great day. But now you've accepted by listening, you've accepted the invitation, uh, whether they know they've made the invitation or not, you've accepted the invitation to walk with them for a time. And so be willing to do it, be willing to, to be in it sometimes for the long haul.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Part of my team, we've just been reading through um, Elizabeth Mm. Elliott's biography, and we finished it up today. And the last chapter is is called The Problem Mm. of Pain. And uh, Ellen Vaughn, who did the biography, she just talks about Elizabeth. And she said, if she walked the path of Walk the path of obedience; he would, in fact, use her very pain for his good purpose. But the problem with pain is that it hurts. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I thought, oh, it does, doesn't it? I mean, even though we know it's for God's good purpose, it still is. It hurts. Yes. Um, And so that is something that I think we have to. And and what a privilege it is when people do give us the opportunity to walk with them in the midst of that. Um, And really. This past year, with COVID and with the pandemic, like we've all experienced oh. some grief and we've mm-hmm. all experienced yes. some loss. So, how do you feel like that's kind of reformed the, the or reframed actually the the grief process yeah. for women?
2: Gosh, Kelly, what a good book that is! Too is it um, for your listeners to read? Suffering is not for nothing. Is that the title? Is it?
1: Well, that's that's actually a really good book too. That um, is Elizabeth Elliot, but this one oh, okay. is her new biog. It's the biography of her called Becoming oh, okay, Elizabeth Elliot. Okay. Yeah, I've
2: read that. That sounds fantastic. Um, yes, yeah. uh, honestly, I I'm not sure. COVID has uh, let me change the word. I'm not sure it's reframed the grief process, but it has greatly complicated the grief process. Mm. And it's, it's, it's where we are. I mean, and it's a complicated grief is a real thing, but uh, we're in it. We're in it. And I wouldn't say in our culture, we're, we're good grievers to begin with. Uh, so really one of the, maybe one of the benefits and blessings of this, um, this season, and not just COVID, but uh, we've we've never been in this kind of political unrest in our country, uh, no matter what mm-hmm. side of the aisle you're on. We've just never seen this level of fracture and disunity and uh, feelings of loss and grief really on both sides. And so I, I would say that there's been a benefit and a blessing to this season that we're in and not just not just COVID, but the political unrest that our country is in. And um, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, um, we're fractured and we're broken at a very deep, deep level. And so um, it's not just a viral pandemic, it's political pandemic, it's a mental health pandemic. And... And still there's the benefit and the blessing of all of that is that there is so much attention given to grief. And in honoring the process of it, the world is grieving. The world is grieving. It's not just a few here and there experiencing pain and everybody else is happy. What's happening has touched everybody in the world, and, and then specifically the United States, just because of our uh, political climate, um, it's, it's unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented pain, but also unprecedented opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And uh, while the world is watching the news, the world is also watching the church. And we're, we have mm-hmm. such an incredible opportunity to be agents of grace and agents of healing, and uh, to lead well, to listen well, to love well, and that's my mantra. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I um, Kelly
0: and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday about just how um, we are called as Christians to be different, and you know, the Bible says they'll know right. us by our love. And that is something that we are all completely stressed mm. and um, in mourning. And I actually, I heard a podcast that was talking about, it was just talking about the victims of COVID. Mm. And one of the reporters, Wesley Morris, he said, if there were a national emotion this year, it would probably mm. be bereavement. It's true. And I just loved how he said that because it is, it is like you said, it's bereavement over so many things it's not just covid but it's definitely Mm -hmm. covid um and that has complicated even quote unquote normal grief so things that we would normally be grieving Mm -hmm. are complicated by um that's all this other stuff and so yeah i think it is such an opportunity for us as believers to show hope um because that is what we have that the non-believers do not and so um that we can have hope even in the middle of bereavement is definitely that's right. you know scriptural and something that we need to strive toward. Um, but it's definitely that's not right. easy. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about how we can minister to those experiencing grief, because like we said, we're mm-hmm. all experiencing it on some level yeah. <laughs> right now, which is kind of somewhat unifying us, even if everything it's, else does is fracturing that fall under us. the
2: category of misery loves company. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, how can we minister to others while we are also experiencing
2: right. this grief?
0: What are some practical ways that we can do that?
2: Uh, well, you know, we're um, we're created to be with, with. So, being apart is painful. Um, uh, number one, modeling. So, what you what you said earlier, Elizabeth. Um, that we're poised to give, to give hope. And we can only give it if we've experienced it. Right. And so, you know, we comfort, we comfort those with the comfort we ourselves have received. And so if, Mm -hmm. if we aren't going to grieve ourselves, we aren't going to be able to help anybody else walk through theirs. And so just Mm -hmm. always, because leaders go first, It's always just looking at yourself um, and naming your own pain and your own loss and then engaging kindly and courageously with your own story of pain and loss and maybe trauma and, and doing the hard work of grief yourself first, first. Uh, and, then, and then beyond that, I would say, uh, if you just kind of want to categorize this in three ways, I think of the ministry of presence, the ministry of practical needs, and the ministry of professional help. Um, uh, the ministry of mm-hmm. presence is something we can all do at any given time if we're tuned into our own loss and our own grief. Um, and it's just being willing to listen to someone's story, to sit with them, uh, to remember them, to text them, uh, being willing to die ourselves, to having answers—that's hard for Americans in our culture. Where you know we want the yeah. in, uh, how to grieve in three easy steps. Um, uh, you know, right. to, to fixing, we don't we don't want to be in pain. We don't want to see people in pain, and so we want to hurry up and alleviate it. And nothing really could be more harmful. Uh, we don't need to just get over something. We need to know how to get through it. And if grief is a mountain, then we need the tools to be mountain climbers, not just avoiding it altogether. So it's it's letting our bodies be present with, with someone else in their anguish and in their pain. Um, if your arm has been severed, you wouldn't want your surgeon to come in and say oh don't worry we'll fit you for a, with a wonderful prosthetic arm don't worry no 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 you you want him to tend to the hemorrhaging flesh in front of him and so it's the same with people who are hurting we need to tend to the bleed just tend to the bleed mm-hmm. Um, And then ministry of practical needs. This is so, this is for the Marthas in the listening. They're going to love this. Oh, I can do this. (laughs) Clean a house, buy some groceries, send a meal. This is me. This is me. This is me. And it's necessary. It's needed. We need Mary's at the the graveside. We need Martha's at the graveside. We need all of us uh, because we're better together. We're stronger together. And so not everybody's wired to sit and listen to someone's pain. They're just not, it's okay. It's okay but there is something you can do. and Maybe it is clean or uh, make the meal or uh, pick up the kids uh, or mow the lawn. I mean, any number of things that you can do to minister to practical and physical needs. And, and then, of course, the Ministry of Professional Help. And that's, that's being, especially I say this to leaders, like if you already don't have a network of, prof- of referrals that you can make for people, um, get that. Get that. Because if you don't already yeah. need it, you're going to probably tomorrow. And just know mm-hmm. who, who is safe that you can send your women to or your friends to that can help them navigate their pain and their loss. Because we're not, we're, we're just people, right? We're not professional people and we can do a lot, but maybe we can't do it all. So it's kind of being able to say, hey, this, that's, this is kind of all I can do, but here's somebody who, who can help you with with the rest of that. Yeah.
1: Okay, Kay, you've been so good. I mean, you and I've had this conversation mm-hmm. a few times now, and we've talked a, a lot about just, and, and this is especially true for leaders um, who are trying to help maybe even other women in their church Know how to minister to minister in the giftedness that God has given mm. given you to not, you know, not think well. So and so has done a casserole, <laughs> and so and so did this, or they were able to put together um, a memory right. book or whatever. But those are the like learn what is is you and how you can minister because God's uniquely gifted you in yes. a certain way to minister to when I, I you know we were putting together that grief resource and. I, I, I just kept thinking about the story in Acts where, where Dorcas passes away, and these women are they're showing Peter the the things that she made, you know. And I thought, Dorcas was probably someone who knew how to mm-hmm. practically help people through grief. And now here they are, just you know, saying, "Here's the stories of what she did yeah. for us," yeah. you know. And they're just trying to figure all that out and that yeah. ministry of presence that you talk about too. So, and and but even in the midst of that, Kay. And we've talked a little bit about this, but I want you to talk about the the subject of what do we mm. not say. Because sometimes we just say the wrong thing. So let's explore that a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, boy. I
2: don't I don't think anybody comes into a setting and like thinks, okay, what's the most harmful thing I can say right now? you know, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we, we, we don't, don't do it, um, you know, to, to be harmful, but boy, when we don't know what to say and we just, we say something off the cuff, we can really, we can really cause some harm. So, um, and this, honestly, this is probably where it's like, Hey, if that's not your area, like if you're bring a casserole and keep your mouth shut, right? Like don't, <laughs> don't, don't, if you have to say something, don't be the listener. Uh, cause listeners, right. Don't talk. They listen. So, um, and, and just to like the Mary Martha thing to not com- not to make comparisons. Like there isn't one act that's more valuable. Uh, we had a, we had a woman, uh, recently here who lost her, her young son. And, uh, when I walked into the home and my, my role, as I walked into the home, it had just happened was, was to be that just sit with her. And, and just listen and just be present. Um, But man, women had already been there with casseroles and things. I think, and I'm looking around thinking, I never thought of that. That's really helpful. Why wouldn't I think to do that? Like, no, 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 no. that's not my thing. That's not my thing. So like just the enemy wants to, wants us to compare ourselves with each other. And we just don't, don't bite. Don't take that bait. Anyway, what not to say. Um, I know how you feel. I know. No, you don't you don't. I mean, you may have lost your son the same, but you don't know how I feel losing my child Her, I feel losing my, it was my mother, not your mother. So just, but please don't say, I know how you feel. In fact, don't say anything about yourself. Um, even if you have a relatable anecdote, it's because in that moment, it's not about you. It's not about your your pain and your loss. And this is where, when we don't grieve our own losses this is where it leaks out Uh, because we take we take Mm. their space to piggyback Mm. uh, our grief on top of theirs and and that's that can be harmful Uh, i would i would never say um don't cry don't cry why Mm. why would we why are we so afraid of tears tears are healing tears are sacred tears are a gift Um, some women uh, have been so traumatized, they can't cry. And you don't know, maybe this is the first time they've cried in a long time, and this is a gift from God to them. And so uh, it's part of the process. So so don't, don't say don't cry. Um, never, um, you know, oh, you can always blank. You can always remarry. You can always have another yeah. baby. You can always try again. You can always get another job. I bet it'll be a better job. You'll probably make more money, you know, just... Uh, we want to go to the fix. We want to go to the next thing. And that, uh, again, that the, the analogy about the hemorrhaging patient don't, I don't want to know about my prosthetic arm. That's two years down the road. I want you to fix the bleed. Um, mm-hmm. or you'll see them in heaven. Uh, or, uh you know, the verse verse scripture. That's so true, but not appropriate in the moment. All things work together for right. good. Well, okay, (laughs) but not all things are good. Um, and, and I don't need to know that right now because I need to grieve. Um, I don't know why we say things like, oh, heaven has another angel or i mean, it's not even theologically correct. Um, yeah. Um, anything that is like specific, uh, like God's specific will for somebody, I would avoid. Like, oh, you're you will you'll get another job. I know you will. Well, you don't know that. Um, or you, yeah. I know you'll remarry. I know you will. Uh, again, unless uh, unless you've heard directly from the Lord, um, don't say it. I think less words are most helpful. Your your two favorite and best words should just be. I'm sorry, or I'm so sorry. You could even say there are no words. There are no words. Uh, I, I, you know, can I call me if you need anything? That's not super helpful. It's not harmful, but it's not helpful because no one's no one's going to lay there in the, their lament and pick up the phone and say, "Could you bring me some ice cream?" You know. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think that we all have these verses that we know and we Mm -hmm. believe and these things that are very true. And it's like, I will be, I am willing to do whatever you need. But a lot of times it is just like, like you said, no one's going to pick up the phone and be like, could you please go get me some ice cream? Um, and so I think just, you know, making that effort and that takes, you know, that takes vulnerability. Um, And also just like, like you said, dying to yourself, to go and do those yeah. things without being asked and um I know sometimes I've thought well you know I'm sure somebody else is taking care mm. of that for her or like I don't know if she would want dessert right now yeah. <laughs> like you know or whatever and I think it's just just mm-hmm. doing it and um I sometimes
1: no, we, we we always kind of get to that point that cliche of call me if you need me but lots of times they don't know what to even say sure. so we just yeah. you know you just need
2: yeah. to do they're, it do they're the in shock thing. they're in they're in, in a, their brain is in a fog they don't they don't even know if they don't know what they need and uh, and, and yeah. if we go um I, I I talked recently to a woman who's she was a friend of this woman who lost her son and and, and a good friend. And she said, should I, I don't, I'm, I just haven't gone. Cause I don't know if I should, or if I'd be in the way, or uh, I said, you know, just always err on the side of loving and caring. If, if you're going to err, yeah. err that way. And you don't go without expectation. Like don't expect her. This isn't her time to shine with hospitality. This is your time in, as you said, Elizabeth, in vulnerability, and and humility, maybe you, you go with your, she took a bucket of chicken and it was exactly what that, that family needed. She just, she didn't expect to go yeah. in, didn't expect to have a conversation, nothing. She didn't have her needs, didn't need to be fed at all. She went, she hugged her at the door, handed her the bucket of chicken, and that was it. And that woman will yeah. remember that the rest of her life.
0: And I don't know anybody that's been delivered Anything in a time like that's meant to help, you know, a bucket of chicken right. or a certain book or whatever, and just been like, oh, I already have this book. That was really dumb for them to, <laughs> right. to give me that, you know? Like people are just like, oh, you know, I already have this, but that was so thoughtful yes. and, and loving for that person to do that. Or, you know, we don't eat chicken, but that was so nice, right, <laughs> you know? Right. I feel like people are just like, it is a truly a thought that counts kind of situation. Right. right. I, I mean, think. you, oh, yeah, you might be a
2: vegan, but the people who come to visit you that you want to serve aren't going to be vegan. So bring the, bring the bucket.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I wanted to go back to one of the things you said earlier about professional help and leaders, um, pointing to, and having like a resource, um, Mm -hmm. for that. And one thing that I have noticed is that a lot of our church leaders actually do have people that they refer people to, you know, but, um, your your people <laughs> within the congregation may not know that you have mm. that network. And so uh, one thing that I would encourage leaders to do is to kind of have that out in the open. Um, my church, I, I'm going to brag on my church real quick, but they uh, recently, because there is like such a mental health crisis right now with COVID and everything going on, um, they just had our counselor who's on staff at the church come up in front of the church um, before the service one day and just be like, here he is, this yeah. is the guy that, you know, he'll, he'll meet with you and then he'll refer you to someone else, you know, or whatever, depending on what you need and what his specialty is yeah. and everything. But, and they were like, his number is printed on cards in the wow. back before you leave, everyone take one. So that way yeah, no right. one feels weird about like only a couple people taking it or, you know, oh. whatever. And I just thought that it was so great so because it's like, You know, I, I knew as someone who like, um, I have a degree in counseling, so I'm like, I'm Mm -hmm. interested in this. And so I knew that we had a network of counselors, but I was like, I don't know if everyone at our church knows that. And so it was just a very clear, like, this is the person you'll talk to. He's a nice person. (laughs) like You'll see him and he'll help you out. And he may or may not talk with you the whole time, but he's going to refer you to someone else and and our church is going to pay for that first Mm. meeting. And so it was just kind of... um, you know, I know that not everybody can have someone on staff, but just just even just mentioning like, hey, did y'all know that we yes. have, a, you know, a referral if you come to us with this? Um, I think that can go a long yes. way in helping people to get the professional help that they may so need. So good, so um, good. And y-
2: your church yeah. did what is— um, just just brilliant uh especially with people in pain and trauma the first thing they did in that scenario is they normalized pain they normalized it for everybody uh and then of course you want to normalize pain crush shame and deliver hope and that's what they did Mm and in 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 one act they Mm -hmm. did all three of those it's beautiful well done
0: Yes, so I I just wanted to brag on them because when I saw it, I was like, I have never seen this in a church and I just thought it was the coolest thing and and so helpful to everyone. Um, So one other thing that we wanted to ask you about is um, we are, you know, we have Romans 12, which tells us to uh, weep with those who weep and uh, rejoice with those who rejoice. And so we've talked a lot about grieving, but how can we help each other to know things that need to be grieved, um, and then also things that need to be celebrated. Because I think a lot of times we like to, you talked about comparing the way that we minister to others, but we also, I find, compare our pain Mm. as well as our triumphs. And so we'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so lost their mother, so the fact that I just didn't get to have my high school graduation is not that big of a deal. And so I shouldn't be upset Mm -hmm. about that. And I think that, we often just compare those and we can't compare those because pain is pain and it hurts. Um, and so what are some ways that we can help each other to determine what needs to be grieved and help each other grieve those Mm -hmm. things,
2: but also help each other rejoice when there are things to be celebrated? Yeah. Well, you said that well, and, and that we are in that unique position, aren't we? Because, uh, we we have become now um, professionals at minimizing our pain. Uh, we it's either denial or minimizing it, and um, and when we when we start to compare our pain with one another, uh, we we devalue it. We devalue the relationship. We devalue the uh, the loss. Um, uh, it, you know well she lost three people i lost one so mine's not such a so important but your one is so important so i think it's i think it's being tuned into that and not letting us let letting each other get away with it like like calling it out when we see it and when we hear it and not not in an accusatory way but um uh, i i hear this so often now someone will say something um and I'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, it's okay. And I stop and I say, you know what? It really isn't okay. It, it isn't okay. And, and then they, it, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. And then that just kind of opens the door for further conversation. Uh, but we have to be willing to stop and take the time to unpack that for somebody So we're just in such a hurry, aren't we? And when we, when somebody says that, you can just brush that off and go, oh, well, I know, I know you'd be doing great. You're strong and praise the Lord and move on. But if, if we aren't in such a hurry ourselves, we'll, we'll stop and we'll say, I'd I'd love to hear more about that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry this has happened to you. Um, Do you want to go for coffee? Do you have time now? I'd I'd love to just listen. I don't, I probably don't have any answers and you don't really want them, but I, I would love to listen. So we have to be willing to step into that and, and to be willing, even in the face of our own loss, because every single one of us, every single one of us has experienced a loss since COVID hit in whenever March, every single one of us. To at, on some level, um, we have to be willing to 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 put our loss in a little shoebox and put it on the shelf for a moment, and celebrate people that need celebrating in the moment, and not shame them for it. Well, how can she be so concerned over wanting a graduation party when you know the neighbor down the street is you know? It just we're created to rejoice and to mo- and to mourn, and and we have to do both really well. Uh, but we're going to have to call each other out on it because it's just not our culture. Uh, and especially as women, we, boy, we we compare our pain. We can com- I, I hear it almost every day. Well, uh, yeah, it's hard, but at least I'm not blank blank blank, or at least I didn't lose that this that. Yeah, but what you lost is still significant. Um, so yeah,
1: especially to the person that has experienced the loss. Yes, and
2: the one who who lost, the one who died, right? Like let's let's That's not right. dishonor right. their value to humanity That's and right. to our lives by minimizing it or dismissing it. Uh, and and you know what? You don't you can push that down all you want, but it doesn't go away. It stays under the surface and it hemorrhages and it, it stays there and it leaks. It comes out. It comes out down the road and anger, rage, depression, anxiety, sleeplessness, and now we've got symptoms and we don't know what the root is. And so now we'll treat something else when really it's hurt. And so that's another thing is just um, just being able to recognize any any symptom in anybody over anything and then asking them, What do you think is causing that? Um, And just letting them tell their story. And then it's not hard to hear paths of hurt, Uh, especially people that are angry. Um, It's like when you hit your thumb with a hammer and and you like, I'm sure you don't cuss, but maybe some people, I mean, you get angry, right? It's not, you're not mad at the hammer. You're hurt, but it it pops out is anger. And so, um, whenever we see those kind of um, just emotions, like follow the fruit down to the root. Follow the fruit of the emotion down to the root of it.
1: Well, and one of the things I've seen you do so well too, Kay, in some of our Liveway events, and especially when you did worship at U Lead, and one of the things that you always, when you talk about naming your pain, you know, you would have women. You know, on cards, uh, just write it down, because sometimes I don't think we even stop long enough to go that that was the pain, right. you know, and to and to actually name it and what what is that about us that that's so important, Kay? Like just to really kind of name that. I
2: think it's I think it's a scriptural thing. I mean, names are pretty important. I mean, one of the first tasks Adam had was naming, and um, we god named us with names that are significant we have we get a new name um i mean there are just uh he's always calling us out for what is in our hearts and that's that's naming it's what's what's cluttering your heart what's oh it's causing your heart to be calloused what's competing you know all of those things he's always calling us out to name and, and so uh, because we're a, a people of minimizing and denying and stuffing, 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 we, we don't want to name. And, and I get it. It's scary. And it, and if we name it, then it sounds, it sounds horrible. Now we have to do something with it. It's scary. What do I, what am I going to do with it? Will it swallow me? Will it, will I survive it? If I don't ever name it, it won't affect me. I won't, but that couldn't be further from the truth. It's when we don't name it, that's when we're burying it. And it's, it's, it's burying a, a bomb that is still ready to detonate. Yeah, I love that. I,
0: that's one of the things that I have been looking for this year as I've been reading through scripture mm. is the mm. naming of things because I do think it is so significant. Yes. And um, there's a, a poet... And an artist. Well, I guess he's just an artist now that I think about it. Not just an artist, but you know what I'm saying. He's a visual Mm -hmm. artist. And um, I cannot think of his name right now. I'll find it. But he uh, talked about that. He came to chapel and spoke in chapel when I was at Union University. And he talked about um, how that was uh, Adam's first Mm -hmm. task, was to name Mm -hmm. the animals. And so how important that was. And as human beings... Our job is to continue to name things um, and give names to things. And that's part of the creative process. And his name is Mikado Fujimura. And he. You found that fast, Elizabeth. I have a note written down because I actually really love this quote and I actually had planned to read it. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It's from the Cultivated podcast. um, And he was on there recently. And he does this art form that I can't remember like it's it has a I believe it's a Japanese art form and I don't know the name of it, but it's basically where you take clay jars mm. that are broken and he pours gold into the cracks mm. and it's just he's he's talks about how like the gospel is just in that act mm. of artistry. And so I think he has a book coming out soon that's like art and oh, the gospel I or something love it already. to that. Yes, I really love everything Mm -hmm. that he says I pay attention to. But he said on the podcast, um, he said, now 2021, we are all survivors. If you survive 2020, you're a survivor and that psyche will haunt us. And we're going to carry these hairline Mm. fractures that we'll discover 15 years later, 20 years later. And that means we'll have to have a way of addressing those invisible Mm. scars that we carry with us today today. And the fact that there's not a single person on this earth that was not in some way affected by this virus says that we can have a lot in common with those strangers across the globe that we may never meet. And yet we're connected through suffering, communal suffering. And yet I think since I'm in a survivor, I can speak into that as an artist, as a father, as a broken person mm. whom God has mended and continues to mend and pour gold into my fractures.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I just love that quote. Um, oh, yeah, I know it is gorgeous. We'll we'll like find links to his pages and stuff because um, I just think that's such a cool picture. And it actually leads us very well into our mm. last question. So we always ask, what has marked you in your walk with Christ? And oh. I think I think of it as those fractures mm. that are in us. And, and sometimes, you know, it's not a sad or a painful thing that causes those but it is an area of our life where God is has marked us. And so he's filling it in with gold. So what is an area like that for you where God has marked you um, in your walk with Christ, mm-hmm. Kay?
2: That's a loaded question, <laughs> come on. You don't
0: have to name like the <laughs> yeah, one right? way, just
2: a way that he has marked well, you. <laughs> yeah. it would be disingenuous of me if I didn't say pain. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, pain. Um, I mean, but but immediately you say, what's marked me in my walk, like I think, oh, well, it's, you know, since 1985, um, his presence, and I, I mean an ongoing intimate romance with the lover of my soul. Um, that marks me. Those, those moments when I, especially in my pain, because I believe, pain is a primary pathway to spiritual formation, Um, especially in my pain when he's come to me in my loss, Mm. held me when my mother died and ministered to me when my father died and um, uh, put me back together when we lost a child. I mean, it's just, Mm. it just takes my breath away. Um, So his presence for sure uh, and especially through pain obviously his word marks me uh, just finding him there and hearing him there and seeing myself in it and letting it <laughs> letting it reflect me back to me and uh, seeing the not so pretty and uh, and the parts that are beautiful that are that are okay um, and and others others mark me I I mean we're talking to women so I have to I, I have to say other women in particular, um, the, the really important women in my life. I, I can't, I can't not mention Betsy Langmaid. She's, um, she's such an important person to me and has, uh, walked with me. Uh, we've walked with each other and stood with each other mm-hmm. and held up each other and, um, We've loved one another, encouraged one another, prayed for one another, honored one another, um, rebuked one another (laughs) at times. And it's so it's one another's. Um, And so I would say, uh, especially where it relates to grief and loss, um, grief can't be done in isolation. So find one another. Find one another. And let the one another's hold you and stand with you and be Jesus to you. These are the moments when the invisible becomes visible, uh, because when God does what God does in this world, He does it through people, uh, just regular ordinary people like me, like you, like every one of us listening. Uh, so find your one in others. That's, that's what's marked So me. good. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, I, I know this has been a little bit of a heavy podcast. Um, not our normal. Just, you know, the grief is is important for us to talk mm-hmm. through, and 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 yeah, we know some of you who are listening may be dealing with your own grief right now. And I don't know. I just kind of feel led, Elizabeth, to maybe just end our time today. Uh, just praying mm-hmm. for those who. Who maybe experienced um, some grief? Um, yeah, I think in that the would past be year. the
0: perfect way yes. to end this.
1: Uh, so i um, I I think I'll just do that right yes. now, and and uh, then we'll we'll kind of finish out our time mm-hmm. together. Yes. Father, we do come to you today, and we thank you that we can come to you, that you are the God of the universe, yes. and that you are the God who intimately knows us, created us and that you desire such good for us, but we also know we live in such a broken world. And so, Father, we know our our world is—we live in the not yet, and we long for the day that you restore all things. And so part of living in this time is that we live with grief. And so I think about that worldwide. Like today, there there have been over a hundred million cases mm-hmm. of COVID in the world. And like Kay said, this is not just a an issue that affects a church or a state or a country, but it is a worldwide um, grief that we have all experienced in one way or another. So Father, I pray for the woman or the man who's listening today who's experienced grief, who maybe is in the midst of, of going through a really difficult time. Father, I pray you would provide comfort. I pray that they would sense your presence. And I pray that you would bring believers around them and community around them who will support them and love them and be the Jesus with skin on that we need to be uh, thank you for Kay. Thank you for her ministry. Thank you that we are able to to come to you in the midst of of times that are hard. We know that that you um, are a God that that cares, mm-hmm. and we are yes. grateful for that. And we know that you um, sent Jesus for our salvation. And so I pray for anyone who's listening who maybe does not have a personal relationship with you, Father. I pray that. They would, um, they would find that person or call someone right now and that they would, would seek to know you and have that relationship with you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory.
2: In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Kelly.
1: Thank you, Kelly. Kay, yeah, Kay, thank you so much for being oh. on today. We, And I know in the show notes, um, Lifeway just finished. We put together, it's not long, it's not comprehensive, but it's a short grief resource. And some of the things that Kay mentioned today, Kay was a, a huge contributor to a lot of the thoughts that went into this resource. So I'd encourage you to get that as well.
0: Anything else, Elizabeth, before we head out? I don't think so. Um, thank you so much much kay for being here and just um giving us your wisdom on on this kind of heavy topic but oh uh, girl it's definitely needed so we appreciate it i
2: love you guys i hold you in the highest regard thank you so much for inviting me i don't i don't i don't know about wisdom but whatever i have you can have it that is for sure. Well, and we hope that we get to see yes. you soon at a Lifeway
1: event. We're looking yes. forward to the day when we yes. can gather together yes. again, and and uh, and like we said, you know, when we can maybe someday finally hug each other With, again without masks, listeners. Without all those blasted masks. Right. Well, thank you, listeners, yes. for joining us again this week, and we um, we hope you'll join us again next week.
2: Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: so much for listening.
1: If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D King and at Ed Heineman. Use the hashtag Mark
0: podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.